warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Hi, my name's Rob, and I'm a Key Stage 2 teacher, currently working in Year 4, and I've had the chance and the opportunity to work in Key Stage 1 and Foundation as well. And today we are exploring science learning outcomes with the legend of the founding of Rome. To listen to the story, you can download our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Romulus and Remus. There, you can sign up to become an Epic Educator, which will let you stream a video of me telling the story for your children. You can also get a copy as an ebook or paperback, illustrated by the dramatically adept Dave Hingley, download the full audiobook read by the enchanting Erica Sanderson, and even pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Rob here. We're going to explore science today, so... Where's the science in this story for ages four to seven, Rob? Uh, science in this story for Key Stage 1 and Foundation comes from looking at baby animals. This is part of mainly Foundation, understanding the world. Uh-huh. So matching the, the animals to their, to their babies. So, for example, dogs and kittens are not the same, but cats and kittens are. Mm. So being able to identify how you can tell whether they're the same or whether they're not. So looking at the features of the different animals, because you could just say, okay, well, they've got four legs, but then a baby cow has, a calf has four legs, mm-hmm. as does a kitten. So how do you know that the calf belongs to the cow and not to the cat? Mm-hmm. So exploring the way that that happens and then thinking, okay, well, how do we know that babies are small humans? Yeah. And would you look at the idea of... I don't know, cross species looking after. I mean, obviously the idea of a wolf looking after um, baby humans is rather far-fetched and the stuff of legend. But (laughs) we humans do look after baby kittens. We do look after baby puppies. We even look after um, baby cubs. Would you look at that at all? I probably would touch on it. I would think about what do all living things need to survive? Uh And I know that's not necessarily linked to just humans looking after kittens and puppies and mm-hmm. things like that but what can we provide for them that they need to grow to live hmm. food water shelter things like that is is that something that would also get looked at um above the age of seven in key stage two because i'm just thinking how you could link that quite nicely with the budgeting that you were talking about yesterday and, and encouraging the children to actually think about the needs of the babies Romulus and Rebus, maybe even the baby lambs as well, and thinking about that before they go and explore what they'll need to be budgeting for. Absolutely. I think that identifying, uh, not only identifying what living things need, but how you can provide them as well would be a good good link. So with the younger children, you might just identify that living things need food. They need to be able to breathe. Hmm. Obviously, we don't charge for the air, but for the food that needs to be provided somehow. Mm-hmm. So how do humans do that for animals? But yeah, with the older ones, you'd look at how do they actually do these things? And where do they get their food from? You could bring in um, food chains, all kinds of things to 
to link in with that. Is there anything else you would explore using this story for ages 7 to 11? There is. I was looking at the story and I was thinking, because it is such a, it's a, it's a historical story and there's lots of literature in it, I was initially started thinking, I can't really find a science link in this story. <laughs> but then reading through it again on the first page, it says, wah! And I thought, ooh, <laughs> sound. How can I think about sound? And mm. um, we were we were discussing this, you and I, and we were saying about how Looper the Wolf is on the hearing story. Yes, yeah. Hearing the different parts that happen. And part of Key Stage 2 science is to do with hearing. And so I would think I would link that to how far away can you hear different sounds? Mm. And so then you're thinking about the volume of the sound. You're thinking about the pitch of the sound. Mm-hmm. D- does a higher pitch sound carry further than a lower pitch sound which would be is a great investigation to do in school because you can have your sound source at one point and send children out until they can't hear it anymore Mm -hmm. so you can work out how far different things can be heard and there's that pitch experiment you can do where you play notes of different pitches and people have to sit down when they can't hear it anymore and you can see who's got the the widest range yes yeah good old tuning forks are good for that Uh (laughs) yeah um so I was like, oh, great, there is quite a good science link in here. And you could do it with the sounds which are in the story, Mm -hmm. but you could also do it with other sounds which are more commonplace today. So you could use a siren from an emergency services vehicle. Mm -hmm. And why why does this need to be heard from further away? So again, bringing in some real-life skills to the the mix. Absolutely. And and touching a little bit on the other science area that we've already discussed the the difference between species loopers probably got better ears than we humans have so you could explore you know which which animals use um hearing in different ways the different sounds that they make as well as i imagine the vultures weren't silent as they were flying over the seven hills at the end mm-hmm. yes you could look at um how how and why the different animals are making the sounds and whether mm. what do we do do we make sounds to alert other people to the fact that there's food nearby or that there's shelter and yeah and i would approach it that way and not say oh what do we say because obviously we use words to do this but what sounds do humans make and to bring in that link to the fact that as living things it is something that we all do Mm, yeah and but also there's an element of interpretation isn't there because in the story romulus and remus hear looper howling and their interpretation of that howl is okay nature is trying to tell us that we should listen to nature to to get the answer but what you actually see from looper's point of view is this is just a howl of distress why are my children arguing so the kind of different way that sounds can be interpreted is that something that you could look at too yes you could i probably wouldn't look not necessarily as a science point, but no. that might be kind of a, a PSHE element. Yeah. Um, so understanding the different meanings or different interpretations of how things are said or different sounds. So, for example, when you hear a fire engine, you know to move out of the way. Mm-hmm. Why do you know to do that? Just bringing it back to the science then, would you, um, what, what about the idea of the distortion of sound? So um, the fact that Looper is, like you said, listening in and often not just listening in from a distance, but listening through 
barn doors. Um, it's part of the um, unreliable narrator side of the the storytelling, isn't it? The the distance that we have between Looper and the action um, allows there to be you know this this change. But could you look at things like um, I don't know the, the distortion that creeps in with Chinese whispers or um, how hard it is to hear someone behind a, a door or a wall or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and that would kind of link with the idea that sound travels in waves mm -hmm. and the fact that if there's something in the way, it's going to stop those waves being as effective in reaching the ear. So you part of it is looking at how sound gets into your ear and if you put something in the way, then that's going to, as you say, distort it or make an echo and things like that. So it's a good, good way to explore echoes as well, more echoes are. So if you've got any tunnels or bridges nearby, Mm -hmm. You could do a, a class trip out mm -hmm. to going howl into a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> that is all we have time for today, folks, and indeed this week. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, please do let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy effective and lifelong learning. We'll be back next week so Romulus and Remus can help us plan lessons in history, computing, geography, technology, art and even physical education. But right now it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So... Cheerio, Cheerio, and we, we hope, hope to hear your, your story, story soon. soon.